Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks News Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the L Block to my T Block. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I just want to uh, point out to everybody a little behind-the-scenes thing. Um, so Nathan always uh, always enters hot off of pressing the record button, and there was a change to the recording program uh, a couple months ago. And so it's, it's always getting me, like, chuckling on the intro because... It does a three, two, one countdown, and he's like ready to go. So it's kind of like like when the dog's on the leash and you open the door, but there's a screen door, and they're like, "No, it's not a walk yet." It's just it's it's like I got I do a I count my I count myself in three, two, one, and then the program counts me in three, two, one. It's too many three, two, ones. That's like that's one. That's that's a that's a six, five, four. You know, I got I don't need all I don't need all. I'm not about that life. Um, Launching a space shuttle here. Come on. First week missed in 10 years. How do you feel? Uh, Refreshed and ready for uh, ready for this. Much like Christ, uh, we ri- much like Christ, we rise again, Kevin. <laughs> okay, so yeah, all right, we, pass, thank, we pass over last week. Thank you, thank you for all the messages we got uh, in the Discord, uh, wondering what was going on. But uh, it's just been it's been a it's been a couple weeks for us. So here we go. We're back though. Back to weekly. Um, honestly, the, nothing happened in the week that we were gone. I mean, I looked at the last two weeks of Seahawks news, and I was like, boy, this is grim. This is one of the notes I have right here. Uh, <laughs> Quandre Diggs. Is having a draft party at the Space Needle. That's I wrote that down as one of the most important Seahawks-related things that happened in the last two weeks. Well, he did say it was big news. Ouch, though. Ouch <laughs> for Seahawks news. If that's if that's in the top five most important Seahawks stories from the past, hey, you want to hear another one of the top five most important Seahawks stories from the last two weeks? Not really. Buda Baker. Buda Baker requested a trade. That, that's like that's like this is like that's like a Seahawk adjacent as you can get. That's that, that's like a rival. Had a that's major NFL news story. News. <laughs> it's like it doesn't even have to do. It doesn't have anything to do with the Ain't Seahawks. No way we're getting Buda Baker. That has nothing to do with Seahawks. <laughs> well, okay, Buda Baker. Yeah, let me talk about this because it did hit like number one on this on the Seahawks subreddit. And uh, one, we're not trading for Buda Baker. I don't care if he's from here. And two, he said he told Arizona, "Make me the highest paid safety or trade me." If someone said that to me after my experience with Jamal Adams, I would say, "Okay, we'll trade you." Like there. <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing a safety can do now that would make me want to make them the highest paid safety. So good, good for him. But in adjacent Arizona Cardinals news, lots of rumors flying around about people trading up to three. At this point, do you feel like a trade, a team trading up to three to get a quarterback, has become inevitable, Kevin? Um, I feel like it's really likely, just because Arizona has so many knees all over the field. Uh, I think if you had to, if you had to put like a percentage on it, I would put it like. 85% odds that uh like well over probable that they end up trading out of 3. There's rumors now too Houston might take a defensive player at 2 that we might see Will Anderson come off the board or That's or Tyree they got Wilson a or <laughs> a Devin Witherspoon uh coming off the board at at 2. I mean Houston's the same thing. Like they're they're not going to be able to compete next year if they want to try to put the the team together first and then drop the quarterback in at the end, which does seem like the best plan, right? You build yep. the team first, then you drop the quarterback in when you've got kind of the the framework complete. Uh, then they they're not they probably shouldn't draft a quarterback this year, or if they do, they should draft the most developmental one and have him sit behind the neck. That's what <laughs> I think is most likely: is you take Richardson and have him sit behind the neck. Yeah, we'll see what their their ownership does. I mean, they're going to get time. That's another thing that their management, their new, you know, new GM, new coach, you get you get time when that happens, right? 
Whereas some of these other organizations like the Colts, if they don't win now, everyone's getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, they have to win. So they need to get the quarterback. They need to hit on the quarterback. Houston can k- take more risks. They can take a defensive player if they fall in love with one. They can do kind of whatever they want. If Will Anderson's off the board, I think trade up to three is almost an inevitability. Like if Anderson goes two and number one is a quarterback, which we still don't really know who the Panthers are going to pick. Could be. We just know it's of, a quarterback. We're just really confident it's going to be a quarterback. Then. You know, yeah, someone coming up to three to get their the number two quarterback on the board is seems really likely. To well, me. and real quick, the reason we know that the Panthers are getting a quarterback is because they tried all the other ways you get a quarterback and it failed. So now they need to draft one. Yeah, you have to try to they have to go back to what they did before with Cam Newton, which is pick a quarterback at 101. <laughs> yep. You don't you don't trade up to 101 to not get a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what else they would. Why else would they do that? They're, they didn't trade up to 101 to go ahead and pick Tyree Wilson or something. They, they're getting a quarterback. So, yeah, I think trade up to three is possible and then we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of what might happen on draft day, Jalen Carter came in for a visit. Um, some in the in the community are saying, you know, J- Jalen Carter, how could we draft him? You know, culture is so important to Pete Carroll and uh, stuff like that. So where do you where do you land right now on like? why we might um, uh, trap will, will we, or won't we draft Jalen Carter? I think will we, or won't we is one of those things. It's hard to, unless you are really plugged into like NFL front offices, um, you have no idea what happens in those interviews. And that is where Jalen Carter being on or off the draft board comes from. The team clearly has to do their homework because he is an elite potential talent in the draft at a position of need. But at the same time, the team has to know that he has the work ethic and that he has, you know, he has the mental wherewithal in order to put in the work to become an elite NFL player. So I can't say whether or not we're going to draft him. What I can say is if the Seahawks draft him, it's because they have confidence in his ability to develop. And if they don't draft him, then it probably is because he is off their board because they don't think he has what it takes mentally. So yeah, the, the interviews are the interviews are the most important thing for Jalen Carter here. I mean, the production is not great, low amount of sacks, which is just a red flag for Seahawks. Seahawks like guys who produce at the lower levels, especially with their their higher up picks uh, like this. They like product to see production. Uh, he did not have he doesn't have great counting stats or anything like that. Uh, the the obvious deficiencies are there. He couldn't get through his pro day drills, you know, all that stuff that it's been talked about so much. I don't really. Chris need Carson to, needs to donate his oxygen tanks be, so that uh, we can keep Jalen on the field. I don't want to belabor the point here, but the the thing about uh, Jalen Carter is is the the splashy plays, the plays that he makes that are really great are one of one. No one, not many other guys on earth can make those particular plays, and so yeah, you got to do your homework on that guy. Do I think the Seahawks are likely to take Jalen Carter? No, but this is why you build a good culture. So you can take a Frank Clark, right? Yeah. A guy who other people are questioning. You can take a, um, who's the guy that flamed out of the league completely? The defensive tackle for Michigan uh, State. Malik McDowell. You could take a Malik McDowell and you can say, hey, you know, we're taking a chance on this guy. We know he's not perfect from a mental standpoint, but our culture can fix him. And we saw that with Frank Clark. And Malik McDowell, there's about a 50% chance that it works out. <laughs> it either will or won't. <laughs> it works out or it doesn't, you know? And so so for me, yeah, this is why you do that, though. This is why you build the culture. So you can take a guy that other people are scared of and you can say, hey, we're going to pick you. And if honestly, if we trade down and Jalen Carter keeps falling, that's like the perfect scenario for me and Jalen Carter. It's like we trade down to eight 
a bunch of t- someone comes up and gets a quarterback that we don't like. They get Will Levis at five, and then we're now at eight or nine or seven or whatever, and we're like, hey, cool. Jalen Carter's still here. He's falling. And we now we're ready to take the chance with our extra second round pick to make up for the risk. That's that's kind of the jail, ideal Jalen Carter scenario for me personally. Um, it, that being said, I'm, I've said it for weeks. I'm just keep saying it. I'm really in on your favorite quarterback or Will Anderson. Please get get one of those guys like that. That is ideal for me with the with the Seahawks. So, all right. Any other comments on that before we move on to our defensive backs, Kevin? Uh, no, I think the other comment comes in the defensive back, so we could just pedal right, right on in. Here, here we go. So defensive backs, uh, we broke them into our regular tier. So we got guys that we think will go in the first round, guys that we think will get picked on the second day of the draft in round two or round three, and then guys that are we are interested in as potential day three guys. Um, some of these guys are fringe. We'll talk about that in a minute. So there, we'll start with a guy that there was big rumors about this week. There's rumors that Pete loves this guy. You heard, you see a, an article. Um, that guy that was completely wrong last, uh, last year, uh, he, he wrote an article about it. Uh, then, then, uh, um, but then, but then someone I do think gets a lot of stuff, right. Uh, gosh, why can't I remember anyone's names right now? I'm like having name, uh, name Corbin Smith said, said it as well on his podcast. And that guy, I, I, I buy, so, so, so I buy what he's saying. So, so Devin, Devin Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon is uh, that it's out there that the Seahawks are interested in Devin Witherspoon. So let's talk a little Devin Witherspoon, Kevin, when you watch Illinois prospect, Devin Witherspoon, uh, this guy, this guy has top 10 talent. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I understand why a team would take him on the top 10. Yeah. Now, now this, let's talk about the good things first. Uh, only 34.9% of passes that targeted him last year were caught. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty good. Um, uh, 3.23 yards after catch per reception too. He's really good at reading the route uh, in yeah. a way that, in a way that um, a lot of guys do not ever understand. This guy can, can figure out what the, what the offense is trying to do. Um, understands how to play like zone, read the route, make the play. Um, let's get into the bad stuff. Uh this guy is going to get a lot of penalties. <laughs> He's really grabby and he shows up early way too often. This guy, this guy is going to, to, uh, to do it. He's the thing is, is that people were worried about the play speed, but he's, he's fast. This guy, this guy, um, yeah, his pro no. date numbers, his pro date testing numbers were reasonable. Yeah, they're perfectly in the range. Four, 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 six, four, four, two uh, on the timers. Like those are those are plenty good enough to think. People worry about the long speed because he does transition slowly, but I think that's just like a like a technique thing. Once he once he gets in an NFL program with any competent secondary coaching, he's gonna he's gonna turn it, be able to turn and run and get well, some get some use the juice. And I think you and I both agree that a big strength of Pete Carroll coaching defensive backs, his big thing is he does sort out bad footwork. Like mm-hmm. that's his that's his special touch is he can get corners that have subpar footwork and really help with that a lot. And Devin, Devin Witherspoon overcommits a little bit sometimes because he's good at reading the play. So if he really thinks that that uh, that this is going to be like a like a you know a hook or a five yard out, and then it turns out to be a double move, sometimes he can get burned a little bit, but. I think this is a good football player. He's also a really physical tackler. Yes. It re- he reminds me a little bit of like a better, I don't know, Shaquille Griffin. Like a like he could be a easily like a like a number one corner in our system. I would have no worries about him. Uh needs a little development and seasoning, but but uh really just a, a top end physical talent. I, I like Devin Witherspoon. I, I don't know if I would 
there, the next guy we'll talk about is who I would prefer if we took a cornerback at five, but there's nothing, nothing wrong with Witherspoon. He's great. I don't want to be super negative about it just because he's my second favorite cornerback in this draft. I'm with you. The Witherspoon <laughs> comp uh, that I hear thrown around a lot is Jair Alexander, and I think that's fair. I also think that's a player that you're perfectly happy taking in the top 10, top 12. Um, I'm just also with you where um, Witherspoon has better man technique, but he's kind of undersized. The next guy has good zone technique and the right size and everything to be a really good scheme fit. There is literally nothing bad I can say about Christian Gonzalez from a physical standpoint. The play is generally very good. Um, Crazy top end speed, really good movement in space. Um, just has like the length and strength to just do kind of whatever he wants. Um, he flips his hips so fast. Uh, just an absurdly, absurdly good uh, hip flip. Um, if anything, he just doesn't quite jump on routes the way I wish he hoped. I hope the way I hoped that he would. Like he could break up or attack more uh, passes that come towards him. Uh, but I mean, that that's another thing where if you just like get in his ear about being a little more aggressive, he's probably going to fix it immediately. This There is so many nice things to uh, Christian Gonzalez. So Christian yeah, Gonzalez, cornerback really or Oregon, by the way. Uh, what, do you, what do you love so about That's one Oregon? negative. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. This, they weren't good last year, so it's okay. <laughs> All right. What, what do you like about Christian Gonzalez, Kevin? Okay. Aside from being a uh, <clears throat> duck. Um, so he used a lot of bail technique and off-man coverage. Um, which is why I think some of his ball production didn't pick up until he got to Oregon. Uh, the other part of it is when he played for Colorado, you could just not throw at him. Though it's funny, a lot of people left Colorado and then became NFL draft prospects from that defensive backfield. Interesting mm-hmm. how that works when Colorado yeah. was down. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, he's kind of that like built in a lab corner for the system. He's, he needs to, Okay. He needs to learn how to uh, use his length better to shed blockers and uh, be a little more decisive in the run game. His run support could be improved. That is like the one thing that I know that the team cares about that he didn't show that he could do. Yeah. And I just like one thing. He has all the tools to do it. So whatever (laughs) is is like he feels like he's still developing. Like it feels like the development curve is still going for him. In a way, like like I just said, Witherspoon, like he reads the play well already. Like he's kind of he feels like a more finished product to me. Whereas Gonzalez, I I feel like the limit is like Hall of Famer. Like he could, to, he has the development curve to be the guy, like the guy, like the guy you fear, the guy you don't want to throw at. Revis Island, you know, like five years from now, we could look at Christian Gonzalez and go, oh, Christian Gonzalez is an island. You just don't throw at that guy. Yeah, he has that Tariq thing that you're going like, this guy could be the GOAT, except he's proven a lot more of it than Tariq had. Yeah, he's he's much more developed. He's much further along the development curve, but he still has that upside development curve. I'm a big fan of Christian Gonzalez. Uh, love it. Um, Kevin, start us off with the next prospect who's probably going to go around where we picked at number 20. Uh, this is Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. I like quite a bit. He's tall. He's rangy. He has 34-inch arms, which is insane for a cornerback. Um, six, two and a half, 193. Uh, he's tested really well. Can, can you say um, can you say NFL bloodlines? No, I also people will always talk people, about his pedigree. 
people always talk about this stuff. But I mean, it does make me feel old that guys I watch in the NFL now their juniors are coming. Joey Porter Jr. We got uh, Marvin Antonio Harrison Gates. Jr. next year. Antonio Gates Jr. is a soft or a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like Patrick it's like, Sertan's in the league. Like it's I'm, Frank I'm, Gore Jr. I'm aging. I'm aging before my very eyes here. This is how you know you're getting old. Yeah, this is like that uh that that final scene in a um uh Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so uh, he knows how to use like angles and length to play the ball really well. Uh, he doesn't have like great first step, but he kind of makes up for it with his length. So he has good recovery skills. Um, he re- he's uh, he's aggressive and willing to press, but like he needs to fix his footwork and press. Um, I also he does have a problem where he gets to the ball early. Like he gets to his man too early, too often, and that's something he has to fix if he's going like. Or the other thing is he can get kind of grabby in off man coverage, so he works best in zone, um, press zone, or uh, press man coverage. But that's that's still a lot of really good options. So two things I really like about him. I mean, he his change of direction is is not ideal. Like it's not perfect. So he does have huge. a weakness, but. Yeah. No one in this draft redirects people off the line more than this guy does. He changes the route from the line of scrimmage when he pushes people around. That's number one. That's really, really good. And you can't really, it's hard to find guys that can do that, right? That have the strength and the length to do that. Um, The the second thing I, I really like about this guy is he's a good tackler. He's a better tackler than most of the other cornerbacks in this class. Like he, once he's on you, he's, He's uh he's fantastic to tackle. So yep, that's Joey Porter Jr. I like it. All right. Yeah, um, I'd be happy with him at twenty. I agree. The next, the next player also probably going in this range. Uh, Kevin Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Okay, we start us off with Deontay Banks. Uh, that's another player that I think you and I are both not as excitable, uh, not excited about as the consensus. Um, and I would guess the reason why. So what you like about him? Four three five forty yard dash. Uh, massive jumping ability. Uh, 1.49, 1.49, 10-yard split. Like, this guy's fast. Yeah, 42-inch vertical, 11-foot, uh, 4-inch broad. Like, this guy is a really, really good athlete. Um, I wish I saw that on the field more. Uh, he... He does this thing that makes me mad, like that, that like um, some cornerbacks do where they don't, when their back's to the ball, they don't know. They, it doesn't seem like they can figure out what's going on. And then they just run into the... <laughs> the, the the offensive player or they like you know what I, do you know what I, do you know what I mean like yeah. um like well they, the other like, thing is what drove is, you nuts about Shaq Griffin how is uh, a guy like with a four three forty that slow yeah and this guy it, will get cross this guy will get crossed up like he, he has good agility up on inside releases a lot but yeah people will just people just run by him and it's like hey what's what's going on man this the potential is is sky high which is why someone will take him in the end of the first round but yep. the the bus potential is is zero in my opinion i also think um, he's way more of a man corner than his own corner and we do a lot of zone stuff yeah so i i like him he's okay if we took him i would understand but i just don't i don't think it's uh like let's go to safety kevin let's go to our first safety brian branch uh, that's alabama correct sorry that is alabama yeah <laughs> sorry i didn't write that one down for some reason uh, brian, brian branch might be the best uh, sorry brian branch is the best tackling defensive back in this draft um he might be the best tackler in this draft. Which, Here's my that's th- a really good skill. Here's my thing about Brian Branch, okay? Is he is a microcosm of what safeties are in this draft, <laughs> which is that he's not bad, 
but I am just underwhelmed in overall. And I don't know if it's because like the really great athletes now know the money's at cornerback. And so they're like, if I'm a great athlete, I'm not going to play safety. I'm going to play corner, you know, or something like that. Because, man, I just, I don't, I like him. He's good. And like you said, he's a sure tackler. He's, he moves, he's always in the right place, um, but he's just not super fast. Uh, he, he doesn't like really great. He's a athletes. lot like Kyle Hamilton from last year. I think and real great athletes are going to get drafted. Real great athletes are going to eat this guy up, but I mean, he's the end of the first round pick. Like that's what's going to happen is he's going to get picked in the, end of the first round because you can drop him straight into your defense and he won't embarrass himself. Mm-hmm. And that is that is valuable in the NFL to have a guy on your rookie contract who's you're going to drop in your defense. And he's going to be fine. Yeah, that's well, especially that's, if you're a playoff team. So you're drafting in the 20s and you're just looking for a guy to come in and play like too high and box and like cover tight ends in the slot. Not like, he will come you. in and do all those things well. Yeah, he's not going to hurt you. So I, I like I like Brian Branch. He's a nice safe pick. If we end up picking Brian Branch, it's because we're going to put three safeties on the field on every single play. Because <laughs> there's no other reason for us to take him, take a guy like this. This is a this is like a a guy who who fits our program only. Yeah, if. Jamal to linebacker is official if we pick Brian Branch. Yeah. All right. This guy is fringy round one. He's right on the border of round one, round two for the consensus. Um, I think because of the the athleticism, he's going to get picked right at the end of the first round. That's Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Mississippi State. Kevin, what did, what did you see when you watch throw the tape on for for Emmanuel Forbes? I strongly dislike Emmanuel Forbes. This is one that you and I very much disagree on. He's outside of my personal top fifty. Oh wow! And right. the reason why is um, he has good athleticism. He has good ball skills. Most of his ball production is inflated by really bad quarterback play. He is bad in press. He's bad in run coverage. He's not a good tackler. Um and he this like, guy scored six a touchdowns, lot of Kevin. Bad footwork. <laughs> he scored six touchdowns. The problem with him is he plays imbalanced. His footwork is not great. I completely agree with that. Well, and also he's 166 pounds, which is part of it. He's easy to knock off balance because he's like he's a slim reaper out there. Yeah, he's tiny. So for me, it, it really comes down to like if you draft Emmanuel Forbes, you're you're saying we think we can add we can add play weight to this player without losing the 4.35 40 yard dash, which is what makes him potentially and he's long too his arms are 32 and a quarter inch which is like not not bad so i like emmanuel forbes i think at the end of round one it's it's sus to me i would i wouldn't want the seahawks to take him there just based on our current roster construction but i do think that's where he'll go to a good team um to to kind of try to shore up uh, that cornerback two position which is where i see him long long term kind of a uh, brandon browner type minus the the uh, jail <laughs> Okay, so so uh, he'll uh, I think he'll be pretty solid. All right, let's go to guys that are probably going to get picked in the second and third round here. Let's start out with a guy who's been training up here in Seattle. Did you know this, Kevin? That uh, uh, this, this player has been training at a uh, Ford Performance Sports. Uh, that is Keely Ringo out of Georgia, hometown Tacoma, Washington. So that's why he's been training up here. Uh, when you Keely Ringo, 43640, 33.5 inch vertical, 10, 10 and 2 inch broad jump, a little short, shorter arms, 31 and a 31 and a quarter. Um, what do you think about uh Keely Ringo? Keely Ringo has all the potential in the world, but I really did not like his tape. Um, he has a lot of problems like moving laterally. Uh he uh has a lot of issues with like hand technique. Um 
nine he, penalties last year. That's that's where that shows that's up. A lot. Yeah. Like it's one of those he, he has really good upside, but like even if you're playing like a CB2 early on, I don't know how safety help helps that much just because of all the problems with this technique. Like he gets over aggressive. Um, some of his work, like he has really bad reps against NFL level receivers and gets burned for like really big plays against them. So one thing um, I think field awareness is super questionable. That's what I was saying. That's what I was going to say is like, one thing I think he does. And I think, I don't know if this is jo- him or Georgia. That's the question I have is like, is this him or is this Georgia? Because he seems to try to, guess what the play is before uh and make he makes a decision very quickly on what he thinks the play will be which leads to what you said like sometimes oh i decided the route was this i guessed that my i committed and now it's not that and i have to try to play catch up and it's hard it's hard and now i'm like way behind the other guy and my recovery speed doesn't mm-hmm. matter yeah like it's i it's i problem. do think i do think this is the kind of player pete gets his hands on him he works on his technique and his craft a little bit would be very good for us so I'm totally into the idea of taking Keely Ringo because the athleticism's there. You see it. You see the, the the good stuff is good, and like you said, the bad stuff is bad. Like it's up and the tape is up and down. There's some great tape, and there's some oh eh one. But he's got the size. He's got the athleticism, and um, I think you know he's got the work ethic to to come in and and be a player. So if we take him like you know at the top of round two, I, I get I see what they're seeing. You know what I mean? I can see what they're what they're kind of projecting there and yeah. uh, the decision they're making. So, uh, yeah, Keely Ringo will be solid. I'm I'm super into it. Um, I think in, in the right if he lands in the right spot, he's going to be very successful. If he lands in the wrong spot, it could be a wash out. <laughs> could be a could be a big yikes. He needs to land with someone who can who can really help him. You know, put the finishing touches on on his development because he's he's close. He's getting there. Um, another player with uh, with with high upside, Kevin. Uh, Cam Smith, South Carolina. What do you What uh, do you think of, of Cam Smith? I like Cam Smith a lot. Um, so a big question about Cam Smith coming in was how his athletic testing was going to go. Uh, four four three forty one four nine split, thirty eight vertical, eleven foot two broad. Um, this is a guy who had an excellent twenty twenty one, and his twenty twenty two wasn't as good. Um, he didn't really take that big step forward that you wanted, but there were some changes in the defensive scheme that I think kind of uh, um, kind of speaks to that. Uh, he's a really smooth athlete, which is why I think people like, but he lacks like a decisive burst. Um, he's a solid, like he's, he reads well in run support and tackling moving towards line of scrimmage, but he needs better tackling technique. Um, he's also really versatile. I think he has good man and zone skills. He's got good ball skills. Uh, he can test a lot of passes. I don't know. I think he's a immediately viable starting outside zone corner. Um, he might need a little more time to adjust for like man heavy schemes. Do you know who Cam Smith reminds me of? Kyle Fuller. Keely, Keely Ringo. <laughs> I feel like this is like almost the same player. Dude. They 10 penalties last year. Gets real grabby. Struggles sometimes to like transition into the route for some reason. Um, but like his, like you said, is I expected his leg testing to be a lot worse based on how his play speed looks on the tape. And then it was completely fine, which makes me think if you get him in there with a, with a footwork wizard, he's going to make the leap. So yeah, I'm into, I'm into same, same I'll repeat everything I said about Keely Ringo. You just rewind 30 seconds <laughs> and just replay that Copy part. Cause I feel exactly the same way. You get him in here, you get him with, with Pete, you, you do the footwork. You, you get it all done and boom, then you're, he's going to be, he's going to be good for us. 
Uh, he just needs someone to put the finishing touches on his development. He's not he's not a finished product for me. I think for me, I would prefer Ringo slightly just because I think he's a better athlete. Uh, Cam Smith does have more exciting top end tape. Uh, so it so it's really just like, do you want the traits or the tape? Like that's kind of my my um Yeah, I think it's kind of telling that I have a preference for Smith and you have a preference for Ringo. I think that kind of speaks I, to exactly that. But I agree I, they're they're a pretty similar class of prospect. Yeah, I love I love the uh the Cam Smith has like the, the better like good good plays. Like he makes he's got bells, he's got play. whistles. But he has <laughs> but he has the bad plays too. He had just just as many pen, just as many penalties last year and you know, just as many like slow transitions that led to big plays. Um hey, you wanna go you wanna you want a physical freak, Kevin? Uh there's plenty of them. Six foot three, one ninety-eight, thirty-four inch arms, Kansas State's Julius Brents. I know you I know you love this guy. I don't even need to hear you say anything. I know you love I know Julius Brent is your your special boy, is he not? Uh, I enjoy Julius Brent. There are other people <laughs> I also greatly enjoy, but Julius Brent is one of them. Um, I, I when I was watching this guy, I was like, "This is the." Ke- I see how he fits in the Seahawks. Kevin loves this guy. Yeah, okay. so this is the guy where originally I was like, people were saying that he's like a late late pick, and of course he went to the Senior Bowl, which is another thing I like. Um, but he's a guy who could be sitting there at eighty two, just because there are a lot of questions about his play. But again, 34-inch arms, 6'3", like you said. Leaping ability is huge. He's just slower. Like, 4'5", 3'40", 1'5", 10-yard split. Um, he doesn't transition super good, but he's got really good lateral like agility. Like, his three-cone and shuttle tell you that. What about I his jump? Where, dude, 41, and a, 41 and a half, 11 foot six. This guy jumps out the building, which makes so up you for put the 40. Tyreek and give him like a like give him some safety help so that he can't just get burned on like double moves. And I think he's a really good CB2 to pair with a guy like Tyreek, who I think could be like, you know, the dude. I just want <clears throat> he need, as if he can figure out how not to make a bunch of plays into a foot race. <clears throat> you know, not yes. get single, not get singled up on the Marquise Goodwins of the world. This guy will be very good in the NFL, but that you have to, as a defense, you have to scheme and know that Julius is not going to win a foot race with Marquise Goodwin. And how are we going to make sure that one, they don't end up across the field from each other. And two, if they do that, nothing bad happens because then that's how press and then it's zone or you got safety up over the top. Yeah, exactly. Cause Otherwise, like he, he can push that guy around, but he's not going to he's not going to be able to catch him once the guy gets by him. And it's going to happen because you can't just put a guy in the dirt. That's, that's yeah, it's not going to they're not going to the, the rest will not allow that. So it's you not have the to. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a uh, I think it'd be a nice fit for us. Another a guy whose athleticism might not be exciting, but whose production is is Antonio Johnson safety out of Texas A&M. Kevin, what do you think of Antonio Johnson? Uh, Antonio Johnson is just an excellent too high slash box safety. Like, I think he's the clear safety too after uh, Brian Branch, uh, just because you know what he can come in and do. He can come in and do all the safety things. If you need a starting safety um, for like uh, former uh, Fangio, if you need a starting safety in a Fangio scheme, he just is really plug and play. Uh, like in your head, think about what you like safety's doing, and then that's what he does. He gets downhill uh, sometimes. Yeah. That's I. I mean that both positively and negatively because sometimes it does hurt him. 
he gets downhill and then he's, he's kind got of downhill first play. step and then can't catch up. Yeah. yeah and then he's not going to, he's not going to catch up to the play, which is why, uh, like I said, the safety class is, is I'm whelmed by this safety class. He's but got good short area quickness, but bad long speed. This I guy, agree. This, this guy will go somewhere in round two, maybe round three, early round three. And like you, if you drop him into a, uh, an already existing defense and play him in box safety, he's going to be completely fine. There's nothing, mm-hmm. There's nothing uh, wrong with him or anything like that. He just um, the, his lack of top tier athleticism will probably hold him back from ever being like a star in the league. Now I have a guy here, and I'm I'm ready to fight for this guy. Okay, I think there's star potential here, and this is my number two safety, Kevin. I'm going, I'm putting him above uh, Sidney Brown, uh, oh. defensive back, Illinois. I'm in on, I'm way in on Sidney Brown. Um, the athleticism is great. Four, four, seven, 40 and a half inch vert, 10 foot, 10 inch broad jump. He did 23 bench presses, which <laughs> at safety, this guy is, is strong. Um, he misses tackles some, but that's like the only bad thing I could say about him. He really sets, sets a nice edge. Um, he beats up on tight ends, which I like. Um, he's very physical with them and, uh, I, I dig it. And he had 10 interceptions in his career, which is a great. Um, a great stat. He's he has straight line speed. He does a good job. I think um, this is the kind of guy you want him to like. You like you said before, line up over a line up over a tight end, be in the box, um, and then he's going to be a special teams guy from day one. Which I think God, he's going to murder people on kick coverage, and yeah. like fans are going to love him. Yeah, he's uh, be my comfort him was uh, throwback. You're going to like this. Oh, here we go. I'm ready. Dante Whitner. Okay. Yeah. The Hitner. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's uh, like you said, great athlete. Um, uh, I put muscle hamster in my notes. Yeah. yeah he's, 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 he's yoked, dude. This guy is huge. Two eleven. Short, but he is not small. <laughs> two eleven at five ten, and he does not like you. might think, oh, two eleven at five ten. This guy's gonna no. This guy's like thick. Like he's like buff. He looks like he's trying to bulk up to play linebacker, but he's got safety at like he is athletic. Um. So I put. Uh, big hit seeker, but undisciplined technique leads to missed tackles. Generally has issues with over-aggressive play that leads to unstable results. But man, he does really well when he does well. Yeah, like you said, be- six pass he- breakups, six interceptions last year. He's the best athlete of these safeties. And I do think that counts for something. And it's not like, and historically, he's like an 80, 88 to 90th percentile athlete at safety. So he's not the, not the best athlete. Okay. Well, I mean, best that I think... <laughs> Has the uh, anyway? We'll get to it. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Jordan Battle, Alabama. Uh, he's okay. I'll start. He's he has size. Yep. He's a good football player. Yep. Um. He's very smart. Jordan Battle yep. knows where to be on a football field. Um. He is going to be defeated by high end athletes in the NFL. Yep. Uh. He just take it takes him too long to get going. Like it's just, it's just, he's just too, he's not sudden enough. I don't know any other way to put it. He's just, he's just a very average athlete. And he's not a great tack. He's not like an awesome tackler either. He knows where to be, but he's like, sometimes he just like slows the guy down enough for the next guy to make the play. He's a good <laughs> zone hook defender because of his uh, ability to read the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right. He needs to square up when he tackles. Like he takes weird angles sometimes and you're like, you are relying on being bigger than these guys. And in the NFL, some running back is going to make you look like an idiot because you're going to take the wrong angle 
and you're just going to bounce off of him and end up on a highlight play. You're going to be on a poster on some 10 year old's bedroom wall looking like a dork because some running back just like made an idiot out of you. But I do think he's versatile, really quality. If you want like a high floor safety to come in and be like a box safety for your team, he does that. All right. One another big, let's do another big cornerback. Tyreek Stevenson, University of Miami, Kevin. He's a big, uh, this boy, this boy big. Tyreek Stevenson is uh, my number five corner. Um, oh. I would take him at 37. Easy. I love him. Uh, six foot, 198, uh, 32 and three eighths inch arms. Athletic testing was really good. Um, his three cone was uh, not quite as good. And that kind of speaks to like the problem with him. His mirror and change of direction is middling, which can lead to uh, like some issues against really quick shifty receivers that uh, run like a lot of in-breaking routes or double moves. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a good kick returner. He uh, has a lot of special teams experience. I think he's a day one starter in zone schemes. He's a great press zone guy. It's just plus route runners are going to kind of burn him a little bit. Um, he reminds watch, me a lot of Darius Slay. Did you watch Miami, North Carolina? Did you watch that tape? Yeah. Did you, dude, he got Like I said, plus route runners are going to be a problem. <laughs> he he got beat deep a lot in that game. And I, after watching that, I was like, man, I got like, got like tr- the Trey Flower shakes. <laughs> like I, couldn't do, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, oh, he's, he's just getting destroyed deep over three. There was like three long touchdowns that went straight at him. And I was just yeah, like, Yeah, I will ah, also say there's a reason why that defensive ah, coordinator got fired. <laughs> it's, it hurts so bad, you know? So yeah, you got to protect him over the top like that but he is very physical and uh if you if you build the defense around him you he, he has he has talent for sure i think he'll go somewhere in round three and would be very happy if it was to the seahawks uh let's do a fast fast guy dj turner these okay these guys are guys we think are going to go around four or later uh so dj turner michigan uh really quick twitchy i like him a lot the weird thing about him is he's tiny and he plays outside corner but he kind of has that Sam Shields thing going on, so I could see it working. He's actually a really good tackler for being tiny, too. Yeah, this guy's small and really fast. Um, I do think... Does this guy return kicks? That's uh, like He does have special teams uh, experience. I don't have him with... Uh, as a kick, kick returner. Return experience. Yeah, I was going to say, if this guy re- returned kicks, I could see us drafting him. But if he doesn't, then he's probably not on our board. Uh, Clark Phillips the third. I was obsessed with Clark Phillips early in the process, Kevin. I just want you to know that when we started this, I was like, this guy is just so good at football. But the athleticism scores at the combine were a huge letdown for me. And I've really capped my my enthusiasm for Clark Phillips. He was but, too small to be that slow. But I still think he could be a um I still think he could play uh, like a nickel safety corner role just because his football IQ is really good. But with his size, I feel like it's he's going to get hurt, man. He was like twitchy on the field too. Like I really yeah. felt like watching his tape, like this guy is a really good lateral mover, but then he doesn't do the three cone and his 20 yard shuttle didn't like blow the doors off of anything. It was, it was like mid mid. So yeah. So it's, it's just like, I don't know. Maybe he's just, this is a weird prospect for me because the tape is really good, but the, but the athleticism score just bumped him down from like, I, at first I was like, this guy could go in round one when I just watched Clark Phillips play. But now I, I don't think there's any chance of that, especially at his size to to do that so um sorry clark but i love you but it's probably not gonna happen jail skinner i do not like him as a prospect i do not know what position he plays in the nfl he i does not have the coverage skills to play safety or like 
big nickel, like some people are saying. I do not think he has the tackling skills to be a linebacker hybrid. My comp is Marquise Blair. What if you're a B plus at everything? That's what I wrote down. Like this guy, what is his like? What is his A skill that he just that he has? It just doesn't nothing is, tall, not, is tallness an A skill. I don't know, man. You tell me, six, I don't have that. But he's so thin. Like I, yeah. I don't know. It's not. It's not doing anything. Six foot four is not doing anything, especially at safety. Uh, I don't know. This he's like. I just wish he had like one thing that I was like, oh, JL Skinner rules at that. Because uh, then I could feel confident taking him higher in the draft, but he just doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't really move the needle for me super hard either. All right, Jamie Robinson, Florida State. Uh, I think you should talk about your special boy. Jamie Robinson is like if you left Cam Chancellor in the dryer too long and just shrunk him <laughs> down, so he was small and he's not as athletic. He's not athletic like Cam is either. So, you know, also when you when you shrunk him, he he also started to run slower for some reason. But I mean, this guy plays with a level of violence that uh, that I quite enjoy. Jammy is uh, just plays downhill, just tries to destroy, tries to kill everyone. Um, he's super sloppy because of that. Yep. Good shorty, really good tackler, but just like out of control. And he's also ne- also another thing too is is like this guy has no ability. Once he misses the play, he's he's out of the play. It is over. But see, I was brought him in for a visit, so I know they're they're at least mildly interested, and I I like him. I think he'd be an interesting prospect to bring in as a backup safety towards the uh, end of the draft. So yeah, it's fine. If, if where he's going to get drafted in round five, he is completely acceptable to me in every way. So yeah, Jamie Robinson, cool. Uh, Riley Moss, Iowa cornerback. Kevin, are we going to get the starting white cornerback? The great white hope. Uh, you know the worst part. <laughs> Um, the worst part about Riley Moss is that I think he actually is a good safety conversion candidate. And no, <laughs> no, just because like, so he ran a four, four, five, four, just he because he's white. Split, um, it's racism. It's like it when is. people tried to trade Lamar, make Lamar a wide receiver, Kevin. Exa- it's, it's exactly like that. No, That's why I, I hate I'm just saying <laughs> it because it's, it's, it's so plays into that. But, um, so he allow like he can test catches a lot, but he doesn't have great ball skills for interceptions. Um, he is a really good tackler. He is one of the best tackling corners in this draft. Um, he's really good in zone or playing downhill, which is why I think he had 11 picks. He had 11 picks too. Like he get, he makes plays. Yeah. Like he's just, I don't know, man, he's a good football player. Like, yes, I'm like, he's a better athlete than people want to say because he's white. I wrote down, (laughs) reminds me of Kendall Fuller. I wrote down career backup, but good. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, like he's good. He's going to be some I, other teams at Keem King, and they're going to be happy about it. Right. And this guy, the thing that will happen with this guy is that he'll be good. He'll come and he'll play awesome for like two games, and then he'll go back to the bench, and then some other guy will get hurt in a completely different position, and he'll play awesome for two games in that position too <laughs> because this guy's he's good. He's He lacks like – there's just a little uh, – that little extra bit that would make him like a number one uh, corner – number one corner, you know. He just doesn't have that like sudden burst. Um, he, he's kind of late to, to like turn and run, which gets him beat over the top sometimes. Yeah. That's the big thing is I notice he struggles at the break and at, um, like double moves. And so I wonder if it's a footwork issue or if he just lacks lateral quickness. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think he's like a, he's like a plus backup. You draft him in round four or whatever, round five, and you put him on your team and he sticks on your team for like a million years and he's always there and he's always good. Uh, cornerback prospect, very good athlete, 4340, Jacorian Bennett, Kevin, Maryland. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, Maryland's best corner from last year. Don't oh, add boo. Me. 
Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so the big thing is, I he has like a lot of the high end traits that you want uh, as far as athleticism. Um, he was a really solid cover corner in college. Uh, he just like he moves well in zone. He just doesn't have good technique for it. He has good makeup speed, but poor punch for press. Like he just has a lot of technique he needs. And so um, he's just a I, developmental outside corner. I put good like routes. He's raw to, and incomplete, but like has good, a lot of good bones. Good routes destroy this guy. That's what I, yep. I put. Like just if you run a good route, Jacorian Bennett is done. He's he's toast. There's nothing he's going to be able to do. Uh, Darius Rush, uh, cornerback, South Carolina. So this is another. Uh, it's another guy we we talked about the other the other player on his team, right? Yes, uh, he's across from Camp Smith, and he's another one of those guys where you're watching Camp Smith, and you're like. Who's this other dude? This dude's like really interesting. Uh, 6'2", 198, 33 and 3 eighths inch arms. Athletic testing was really good. Um, he's a converted wide receiver. Ooh. Uh, but uh, So he hasn't been playing corner that long, but he has good ball skills. He plays best in off man or zone coverage. Um, he's just got a lot of wasted movement, and it makes him vulnerable to plus route runners. And... But he has trouble, a developmental guy, but I like he has him trouble like stopping and he has trouble with like the stopping and starting and changing directions and, and stuff that you have to be really good at to be a corner. Um, but like you said, he hasn't been playing the position super long, so it could develop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, also he played on special teams and was good. So that's yep. a, like if you're going to draft a guy at the end of the draft as a developmental corner, like having a guy, you know, is going to contribute on special teams is, is very nice. Uh, Garrett Williams, cornerback uh, from the other cornerback from Syracuse. Uh, Garrett Williams, the thing about him is I think that he's a really good corner. I think he's actually a round two corner, except he's going to miss all of next season because he tore his ACL in 2022. Um, otherwise, I think he's a really scheme versatile, solid outside corner. Uh, I would have liked to have seen his athletic testing because he might be a, like a step slow, uh, which limits his upside, but he tracks the ball really well. He has good tackling ability. He uses length and leaping to do contested, uh, to contest catches a lot. He felt like he was always just content to like break up the pass and not actually try to make a play on the ball. Does that make sense? Like I'll just yeah. I'll just smash this guy's arms and and he won't be able to catch the ball. And it's like cool, but like if you really dialed that in, you probably could have picked that pass off. And it kind of irritated me. But you're right. This guy would be much higher on draft boards if he wasn't, you know, the development curve is all screwed up now because of the yep. the injury. So uh all right, uh we'll go back to Illinois for this one. Jartavius Martin cornerback uh my son jartavius martin's in this draft uh i have a lot of children in this draft he is one of them uh 511 194 uh you'll like this my comp i've listed lil derwin james Man, he just needs to get stronger if he's if this guy can add dude had 15 functional. reps in the bench he doesn't need to get stronger he dude, just needs to get bigger we just talked we just talked about a guy who had like 24 at safety uh don't care <laughs> Uh, so he played slot corner or he played, yeah, he basically played slot corner a lot and rotated into too high, but I think he's more of like a, like really, it's just a lot like Quandre Diggs. I just like him a lot. He's a plus athlete. He was really productive. He had 10 pass breakups and three interceptions last year. And I think that has a pretty representative of his skill set. Um, he, he is really physical. He hits, he has good field awareness. I don't know, man. I like this guy a lot. Plays, like he plays well. He plays well in space and has good range. Like yep. that. That that's that's my Jatavius Jert- Jert- Martin one sentence review. Is like he plays well in space. He has good range. I get scared that the top end athleticism isn't like quite there for him to play much corner, and then that then so then you're kind of locked into playing him as a safety. But because the physicality of 
like I can't imagine this guy covering like Travis Kelsey. It would just be like a disaster. I feel like so like that guy Kelsey's just gonna run that stupid eight yard hook route and box him out on every play. It's just gonna and it's just gonna not go well. So like I think yeah, like I said, I just think he needs to gain like functional strength to push push tight ends around or uh or you know just be a safety, which is which he would be fine at. I don't think yeah, that'd be bad like his range is really good and his yeah. leaping ability is excellent. Yeah. So, and yeah. All right. So that's, and that's it. Do you have anyone else you want to talk about before we move on to the, uh, the old movie club? That's the problem is I have so many people I want to talk about. This is an incredibly deep defensive back draft. Anyone wants to come talk defensive backs. I am on the discord. All right. So, um, first of all, let's thank our new April's new Patreons. Uh, Malcolm up this pledge that, uh, to try to help me get better. Cause I last week I missed cause most cause I was, uh, I wasn't really sick. My whole family was sick. So which, which puts me in a real bind cause I got to take care of everyone. And then Micah and Luke, thank you guys for joining the Patreon. Um, we'll see you in the discord, uh, hang out, especially on draft day on draft day. We will be all be in there. Uh, just talking about all the things we are, we are worried about. Oh, and in the next week I'm looking to line up another, um, uh, like draft prospect show like we did. Uh, I, I, I jokingly refer to it as a Discord draft AMA. If you are in the Discord and want to listen to that, um, yes. uh, file in. I, w- I have the I have the the wave file, but I haven't done anything with it yet. All right, thank you to Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Flockmas, Gavin, Greta, James, Joe, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Rad, Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Werewolf, Brandon, and Nick. All right. Uh, movie week, club this week. Ma- Mario continues to destroy all in its path on its on its war war path to number one movie of all time. Uh, number one animated film of all time. Sorry. Number one animated number film. Number one movie, Godfather? No, no. Number one animated film of all time. I've seen it. You haven't. Uh, but uh, if you want to know what it feels like to have ADHD, see Mario and try to try to tr- and also while you're watching it, try to catch everything. Don't miss one reference or thing <laughs> on that happens. And um, then you'll know what it's like. So um, that movie was well, I mean, but there's other video game movies that can, have come out recently dropping on in a theater near you. Also on Apple TV plus the Taron Edgerton vehicle Tetris. And so we me and Kevin watched Tetris to review for movie club. Um, all right, let's start. Where do we start with Tetris? Um, okay, I have something I'd like to say just to start with. Okay, thank uh, you. Because I have what so I many- love about this movie, uh, and what I hate about this movie is the same thing, which is the writers are like, "How do we, uh, how do we portray uh, Soviet Russia?" And they're like, "Let's just watch Rocky Four." And it, okay. they're like, "Yeah, we should definitely watch Rocky Four. And then they watch Rocky Four thirty times, and then wrote every scene that took place in Russia in this movie. Every character, every <laughs> character in this movie does feel like a caricature. Um, yes, the 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 bad Russian spy, the good Russian spy, like the every, every character does feel like kind of like a like a cardboard cutout of a character. Um, this is a true problem- story, slightly no. more true, slightly more true than uh, this is- uh, Frank Duke's told. This is not a true story. There is no the, – the worst part of this movie for me – okay, let's just skip right to the ending. Spoiler alert. Yes, that you couldn't ground a plane. That, that they, these guys these guys make their, their, their backroom deal to get Tetris with Nintendo, and then they, then they have to flee the, the place, and then, oh, the spies are also there. 
oh, they're chasing them in a car now that is being driven by the creator of Tetris. And now we're in a car chase where the creator of Tetris is now running away from from uh, some KGB agents. Then we get to the airport. Wait, don't oh, you like when the car chase turns into a video game car chase at points? Oh, yeah. They they, they used like <laughs> editing to make it look like Tetris pieces or whatever or, or pixel static. And then and then uh, then we get then we get then we we slide on into the airport where Taryn Edgerton just barely makes it down in time. And all the, the federal agents run to the plane in Tokyo because it's Nintendo, right? Nintendo. They're going to play Tokyo. No, Taryn Edgerton wisely just asked for a the the plane that's taking off soonest i don't care where it goes <laughs> so, so so they're on they're on the other plane no then when the kgba agent gets off the plane he is cartoonishly arrested by the other uh, federal agent by the um, other kgb it, agent that they put a weird awkward Prince- half semi-romantic angle in for some reason oh but she was only doing that because she wanted to catch him uh with the spy disrespecting you know? mother russia yeah yeah she wanted she wanted to just have dirt on him so i i don't know okay so the <laughs> So many things. Um, uh, yeah, this movie is like the the over the top version of something that really happened, which really Hank Rogers probably did really have to take significant personal risk to go into Russia and secure the rights to Tetris. I'm going to guess like but this most... is 100 percent Akumate's version of the story. I I mean, it is like this not is as... blood sport. This it's is not as bad. This is the big short blood sport edition for like it's, business movies. It's not as bad as Bloodsport because at least this is based <laughs> on a thing that really happened. The Kumite never happened. Like that's not, <laughs> that's, that's why a complete, I said it's, it's one step above. <laughs> this is a real thing, but um, Tetris actually exists. And it's like these it's like Argo. names are real. <laughs> it's like Argo where it's like okay. this is a real thing that happened, but like yeah, we had to make it into a movie. And so like I do think some things that are let's let's get let's get some positive things. Okay, they captured like the feeling of like Cold War tension really well. Like there, yeah. you you can kind of feel the the tension of the Cold War as Hank comes in with his uh, Dutch passport to on a tourist visa to try to secure the rights to uh, Nintendo. You could feel like the there's there's a, there's a sense of menace and threat to uh, to the whole thing. Casting uh, Karen Edgerton, great choice. Darren Edgerton's mm-hmm. extremely likable, and that is what ties this whole movie together because his character could easily have been annoying, and then the movie would be bone unwatchable. Instead, he feels very genuine, and it and like and the way that he played the character feels like the used car salesman who's actually trying to get you a good vehicle while getting his commission, and it works. Yeah, and I mean, this movie has like a happy ending because like. The creator of Tetris, Alexei Pagentov, and Hank Rogers end up creating the Tetris company, owning it 50-50, and they're still making crazy money off of Tetris to this very day. <laughs> so, so, so like the movie ha- has a real happy ending to it that that really happened. Um, so that's cool. Um, and the last Tetris game, Tetris Effect, like is super fun. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, this is a uh, this is it's it's good. It's a good movie. It's thing. It's part it's of a weird. Ridiculous. It's part of a weird movement to me, which is like this. There is like some people making movies, and I don't know why they're making them, but I would call them like capitalist softcore porn or like capitalist propaganda. I don't know how I want to how you exactly you want to put it, but like this movie and Air, this movie that just came out, like they kind yeah. of fetishize these like backroom corporate like deals deal making and like all this stuff that happened and it's like 
yeah, capitalism. These guys got rich. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like happy. Cool. Yeah. There's all these billionaires in this movie. Like I'm not, I'm not rooting for Nike. Nike is not a heroic entity to me. Like that's, that's the part of the problem with this movie is like these big giant trillion dollar. Howard Lincoln isn't exactly making me like, like him in this. Like I know who Howard Lincoln is. Like good luck being like Howard Lincoln. Exactly. Like I'm not going to, I'm not (laughs) Howard Lincoln is not a great heroic character in a movie, especially for a Mariners fan, you know, like that's, that's, that's like, it's even harder to sell me on Howard Lincoln being, being cool, even though he did keep the team in Seattle. Like apparently like Howard Lincoln is the reason the team stayed in Seattle. So you know what? You get a 10 out of 10 for that and a zero out of 10 for everything you did after that. Because... Congratulations. You are the second worst Howard to ever own a Seattle sports franchise. Yeah, it's just uh, it's tough. It's you, you're making these like these these entrepreneurs out to be heroes. And it's just like, I don't know. There's something there's something uh, not crazy. But then let's be honest. The movie's cool. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable watch. I would recommend it to anyone who has two hours of time and doesn't know what to watch. Like, it, I don't think there's a single person I would. Like this movie is uh, kind of has like a universal appeal to it where it doesn't matter what kind of movies you like. There's something in here for everyone. Does that make sense? It's uh, not so like the last two sentences of my review are the movie really did a good job of not letting scenes or sequences drag. If you ignore all the parts that don't make sense, there's still a good movie in here. This this movie's like a three out of five to anyone. Does that <laughs> yeah. make sense? Doesn't yeah, matter it's what... a universally like slightly above average movie. <laughs> if, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. If you if you watch movies and you like movies, you're going to give this a three out of five when you're done. And you're going to be like, oh, that was that was pretty solid. Maybe you a little better. Bugs me. Maybe a little this worse. This falls but... into the uh, series of movies where the fake version you told is probably actually slightly less interesting than the real version because yes. of the embellishments. That's I would... that's the thing that bugs me the most about this movie is the the more interesting story probably is the true story. But it's just I... one you'd have to tell as documentary. <laughs> I really want to. I really want to know if there's like a book that about, about what actually happened. You know what I mean? Like the this kind of this this the real story probably is more interesting than the the novel, even if it's like less action packed and there's no like uh, Hank Rogers tries to get seduced by a Russian spy scene. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, the Tetris effect uh, is the story of that. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I couldn't find anything. About uh, my son it. got really into it. So, so uh, I bought him this book. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the the book, The Tetris Effect uh, by uh, Dan Ackerman um, is about that. It's like the history of Tetris or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, um, this is it's it's cool. Tetris is a great video game. It's, there's a reason it's universally like kind of beloved. It's, it's very addictive. It's very fun. Uh, the game is the game is a good game. And uh, yeah, this is the story is is uh, is like it's worth telling. It's not like they just like pulled it out of out of nowhere. Uh, I wish, you know, I don't know. It's, it fits in. A, it's like the perfect movie for streaming too. Like yes, yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know stream, where to put it. Yeah. Less stream like, and more Tetris. <laughs> yeah, this is like the perfect like. Hey, go straight to stream. Um, someone I know called this the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy of video game movies. Okay, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's. It's worse than Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, but that's implied fun. when you said it's a video game movie. So there's Got a it. weird, there's a weird holding out for a hero needle drop in this movie that uh, I think um, you should know about. <laughs> uh, and also, Taron Edgerton has real like um, real weird energy towards Tetris. 
um, he likes Tetris a lot in this movie, like uh, on a like almost like a thing. But yeah, if a uh, video game Argo is another way I would describe this, uh, it's, it's solid. It's fun. Uh, you you'll make you want to play Tetris, which is what happened to me. I went and made sure I had Tetris effect on my Xbox still, and then I'm ready to play it now. So. Should we end it with Argo Tetris yourself? I don't know. Anyway, for <laughs> Kevin, for the ghost of Eric, we will see you next week. Uh, go Hawks.